What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another week of DQ with Damani. I'm your host, Damani Medivh, Le Tigre himself. And I am blessed to be back in yet another wooden chair to deliver you the best news, analysis, and lifestyle information in the world of boxing. I don't know what is going on in Florida right now, but apparently Floyd and his boys got into it with John Gotti III. And if y'all know anything about a man named John Gotti, you know that you do not want to be fooling around with him inside or outside of the ring. Now, I'm hearing that the referee felt that the situation got a little too chippy, got a little too spicy. The guys were getting a little too disrespectful. They was barking back at each other, you know, exchanging F-bombs, you know, Floyd dropping the N-bomb. It's, it's, it's a little too hostile for the referee's liking. So according to what, what was posted on Boxing Social and Fight Hype, the ref was like, nah, I, I, I got to end the fight. I don't want you guys to be disrespecting one another in there. Boxing is all about respect, this and that, and the third, which I do understand where he's coming from. I most definitely understand what he means by that. But at the same time, it's an exhibition. It's not even a real sanctioned fight, if we're going to be honest here. It's not a real fight in the first place. This is not a professional match. So the standards that you would apply to a professional match do not necessarily need to be applied here in this situation. It's an exhibition. Floyd is having a good time. John is having a good time, even though he clearly was a little pissed off by what Floyd was saying. Everybody in there is there to have a good time and enjoy themselves. They're not in there really trying to hurt one another with the intention to send either man to the hospital. It's not the same motivations or intent, like I just said, in an exhibition as it is a professional boxing match. So you shouldn't really be trying to apply the same standards, be as tough on these guys as you would a professional match. So while I do understand and respect the referee's decision, I do have to firmly disagree with him there. Let these boys talk. Let them talk. If they want to talk, if they want to get disrespectful, if they want to, you know, egg each other on to get get one another to throw more punches, then of course, that's what that's that's what's going to happen. It's an exhibition. They're having a good time. But when you step in there and you cause situations like that, that's really pushing the boundaries of, okay, these guys are really trying to kill each other. They really want to hurt one another, which is exactly what ended up happening. Referee stops the fight. John ends up going after Floyd. He's he's chilling, but then Floyd's talking, he's talking, he goes after Floyd. And the ref is like, that's it, that's it. At that point, nobody cares what the ref is saying. The referee's word doesn't matter at that point. He is going to try to take that boy's head off, and that's exactly what happened. So when you guys say all this stuff about Floyd and his exhibitions, y'all got to remember, regardless of who his opponent is, they still trying to they still trying to get Floyd. They still trying to get Floyd. They're taking it seriously. They are going to go 100% against this man whether or not he's like, "Hey, I'm going to get you some bread. My record's not on the line. Your record's not on the line. Let's just get this money." These guys are still seeing it as this is Floyd Mayweather the greatest boxer of all time. Which of course you can argue about, but that's not what we're here for right now. They see the greatest boxer of all time in the ring with them. At the press conference, greatest boxer of all time. 
if not viewing it, they're definitely hearing it from other people. So that's going to put a lot of pressure on them, regardless of the fact that it's an exhibition and they're supposed to be having a good time. That's just how it's going to be. And the sooner we stop pretending, the sooner situations like this can be avoided. So I know y'all were counting my boy AB out. I kept telling you guys, stop sleeping on AB. Adrian Broner is still that guy. Still the can man. Still Adrian a problem, Broner. The can man. Anybody can get it. Africans, I just beat the fuck out of a Mexican. Oh no. Anybody can get it. Adrian Broner is a fighter has been considered unique for pretty much over a decade. I believe he's one of the most talented boxers in the lower weight classes. Despite his age, Broner has been a leading man for many years, and I didn't really expect much else from him in his performance against Bill Hutchinson. He's been trying to get a fight for some time. I talked about AB's last time out in his failure with Black Prime not too long ago on the show, and it's been a great PR run for AB regarding his career recently. He was on Million Dollars Worth of Game, and I'm telling y'all, I had to watch that episode about five times in a row. It was really, really good to see AB back on the big screen. A lot of boxing fans, pundits, and general combat sports athletes believe that AB's fight against Marcos Maidana is what started his slow but continual downfall. I gotta tell y'all, like I always say, we keep it 100 on a DQ with the Money Podcast. I gotta disagree. I think it was AB's partying and his drinking a lot of his alcohol abuse that caused him to spiral downward. It was, it was some some days I I relapse, I I I be straight, mm -hmm. I, I stop drinking. Then on the weekend it'd be like fuck it, have a drink. Then come back on Monday it'd be like I can't even get up to run because I'm 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 hungover. Now because AB is healthy, he really put on a great show this past weekend, and I'm very proud of him. I think a story as inspiring as his deserves serious spotlight, especially when you remember his early days in the Mayweather camp as a repeated character in The Mist. Anytime there was a YouTube video from the Money Team from the 2010s, Broner was somewhere in the background. It was always Broner, Tank, and Mayweather. Always just fooling around, just partying, even though, of course, Mayweather just had his typical bottle of water or Gatorade with him. He was never really sipping. Broner, he was a party animal. Back then, he was always on it. And aside from just boxing, a lot of people remember him being a rapper, too. Broner was a rapper. He was rapping, boxing, and then rapping again. This man was doing it all. So the fact that he's calmed down really took things a lot slower. I'm very happy with the way he's progressing right now. A lot of people thought that he was going to be not letting his hands go. He was going to be gun-shy. He was just going to be dancing around the ring, really using feints and not throwing a lot of punches, but he proved us wrong. He proved the entire world wrong. I knew that AB was going to come back, but the rest of the world really just didn't have faith in him, and I didn't understand why. But now I have to say everything has been put to rest. I think that he's up next. AB is definitely up next. Need I remind y'all that so many memes have come from Adrian Broner. Y'all, need I remind you of the infamous, he got cooked. He got cooked after Thurman lost to Pacquiao. He got his ass cooked. He got cooked. Adrian, you didn't go down like that, huh? He got cooked. Come on now, y'all. Come on. 
Let's not pretend that Adrian Broner has delivered us some of the best one-liners ever in boxing, period. Let's not pretend. So, I am pleased to say here on the DQ with Damani podcast that Adrian Broner had an excellent outing against Bill Hutchinson. A lot of people are trying to discredit AB because he fought Bill over more difficult competition, but it really doesn't make sense to me. How was AB supposed to land a big fight on his first fight back? Make make it make sense, y'all. Come on. A lot of people know that Adrian Broner is a household name, but the interest and risk associated with his name is also something that helps people make a decision as well. We got to give props to Bill Hutchinson for stepping up to fight. Across the 10 rounds, Broner was absolutely demolishing him, though. I have to keep it 100, like always. It wasn't really a good look for Bill. He was getting clipped left and right, especially in the first round. In the first round, a lot of people were shocked. AB came out guns blazing. Of course, the first minute, he was taking his time. Once the first minute was wrapped up, he turned up the heat. The crowd was going wild. Everybody was really shocked because, of course, AB has had issues in the past with letting his hands go. But from the way he was talking on Million Dollars Worth of Game, it sounded like he was a new man. It sounded like he was ready to go back to his old ways. And I have to say, I was very impressed from the first round onward. It really seems that a lot of people forgot how good AB moves around the ring defensively. He has great ring generation. It seemed across the 10-round stretch that Bill was trying to get off on Broner, but he just couldn't do it. He had no space to do so. Broner would crowd him, then he would step back, deliver a cross, step back, deliver a left hook, then immediately engage on the inside and pressure him against the ropes. So Bill didn't really have the room to command and give himself the absolute power over it, Broner. He had no room to deliver that power. When you're crowded by your opponent like that, there's no way you can fully extend your arms. And sometimes even when you're inside the clinch, there's no way you could deliver a full uppercut because your arms are smothered. Having your punches smothered like that, it gets really frustrating. But Bill, he really stayed composed. It just seemed that he just wasn't having his way in there. He really couldn't make Broner move the way he wanted to. Broner, he really just dominated the entire ring from all four corners, the center of the ring, perimeter of the ring, all of it. He had the entire ring under his control. And he really looked like a master of the art right there. That's, that's nothing but pure boxing. When, you're, when you've truly mastered the art of boxing, there's no way that an opponent like Bill Hutchinson can make you look bad. You're going to look impressive against a guy like that because they have no idea how to counter that level of opposition. You can't. Before I leave you guys off for this week, I do want to talk about the impressive performance, the absolute master class that my mans, Delfimo Lopez, put on this past Saturday. I am absolutely impressed with the way that he handled himself post-fight as well. I knew he had a lot to get off of his chest, but he saved the talk. He saved it. He really did. He just wanted to make sure that everybody understood that there were bigger things in life ahead for him. Boxing is becoming an afterthought for him. Despite the fact that he had a lot to say during the fight's buildup, he obviously said that he was going to end my boy Josh Taylor's life, which 
obviously a lot of people got to take seriously in boxing. We've seen a lot of people die in the ring. Boxing is a very serious and a very dangerous sport. Everybody knows the motto. You don't play boxing. You can play basketball. You can play baseball. You can play hockey, but you cannot play boxing. Boxing is not a sport that you play. So when you hear things like that, you got to take it seriously. And for a second there, a lot of people thought that Teofimo wasn't going to be there as far as his mental faculties were concerned. I did not have any doubt, mostly because Teofimo is all more... He, he, he's really a showman. He's going to talk the game up to give himself the most appeal. He wants to give people that shock factor that makes you really interested in a sport like boxing. He's really going to make you think, oh, damn, is he going to take his life in there? Is he really going to try to kill him? And, of course, as we know, he just he just gave him a nice little beating. Nice little butt whooping. You can never go wrong with that. Of course, since Josh Taylor did need to be humbled, that is a twofold butt whooping that he received. He needed to be humbled, obviously, after that performance he had against Regis Perger. He was a little full of himself. Got slightly humbled against Jack Catterall, but this time against Teofimo Lopez, Josh Taylor, he had to take it on the chin. He had to bite down and say, hey, I, I took my first L. It is what it is. I got to move on. You know, so I'm no excuses. Just he was better on the night tonight. So, yeah, as what well is for congratulations to Teofimo. And uh, I thought it was a close fight, but listen, that 117-111 was way too fun. So I'd love to do it again. I'd love to do it again with him. I definitely know I'm better than that, and I know I can beat him. So, yeah, I would love to do it again, but he's the champ, so the ball's in his court. What is next for Josh Taylor, I do believe, is 147 pounds. He looks really big for 140, despite the fact that in his weight cut phase, he does look a little small. I do think that a few career fights at 147 against some big names might do him some justice. Ugas, Jordanis Ugas, that is a, a big name that I would like to see him in there against at 147. I most definitely think that that would be fireworks for both men, regardless of who decides to take the W or the L home. That's going to increase stock for both of them. I would say Terrence Crawford, but as we know, we have the mega fight for the Undisputed Championship coming up this July. So winner, loser of that fight also looks great against Josh Taylor. As far as Teofimo Lopez goes, man, slick boxer Gordo, man, I, I don't know what's going on. He's saying he's retiring, but if he does decide to, of course, forego all of that retirement talk and step back in the ring, I would like to see him in there against Regis Progray. My man's Progray is very, very impressed with the way things turned out. Obviously, I am as well, but the rest of the 140-pound division is on notice. Teofimo Lopez is now the lineal and WBO super lightweight champion of the world. So, the title picture at 140 pounds is looking like IBF championship, WBA championship, WBC championship, and the ring and WBO championship all split among multiple different people. So we do have to count on these guys wanting to unify. If Teofimo does fully retire, his belts will become vacant and there will be another fight ordered between the WBO. I'm not sure if the ring has the power to dictate mandatories, but I do know the WBO can. So the WBO will order a fight and the next two men in line will fight for it. If not, we will hope to see a unification match between himself and Roley. I wouldn't be mad at Roley and Del Pimo going at it, 
for the WBO WBA. But of course, like I did mention prior, Adrian Broner, he's always looking for a good fight. And if he gets that fight against Roley first on Don King Promotions or on PBC Showtime, I wouldn't be mad at that. Of course, that would put that unification match on hold. We've got people like Roley who make boxing really, really, really special. A lot of people get annoyed with the trash talk, but I love it. Personally, I love it because it makes it make it, it makes people gravitate towards his character. We all know that he's not that kind of guy in real life, but when it comes to promoting a fight, Roley is a super special guy. I love it. And it's so hilarious seeing other guys cut him on national television. The way Broder was talking about that boy, I hey. Uh I see uh uh, what's his name? R Romello? R uh, Retardo? What's his name? Oh. <laughs> Roly. Oh, Roly. Shit. Um. You can't be mad at that. He he knows that that fight is going to be money. So bringing up his name, cutting him like that is, is obviously going to bring a lot of attention. And it succeeded. It succeeded. I saw it had 11 million views on YouTube. A lot of people are very excited about the potential matchup between himself and Adrian Broner. But... If Teofimo does get that fight, like I said, I would love to see a unification match between himself and Roley. All right. We have finally reached the end of another wonderful week of DQ with Damani. Yes, sir. My hair is freshly done. I know y'all are enjoying the view from wherever you are. If you are listening to me on the radio or Wherever you listen to podcasts, I just hope that you are taking in this energy, this light-skinned energy that I'm getting from these new braids on my head. Oh my goodness, I'm loving it. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying the fights that have been happening these past few weeks. That Mayweather-Gotti situation, I, I just, give or take about 15 minutes before I got here to start recording, I saw a video of a fight that happened backstage. Between Jocelyn Hernandez and Big Lex. I don't know what's going on when it, ha when it comes to Mayweather events. But it seems like all the wrong types of people just come outside. They all end up fighting each other. Somebody either gets shot, somebody gets beat up. Or it's just an all-out brawl somewhere. Which ended up happening inside and outside of the ring. Mayweather, he's just always just going to bring the people who love to show out. And obviously, we've got a whole lot of world star hip-hop videos surfacing today so keep your eyes open for the next Mayweather exhibition i know you guys are going to be very well entertained it's like bad girls club all over whether you are listening to me on youtube spotify amazon music pandora or all of the above i hope you are enjoying the dq with divine podcast thank you so much for tuning in this week and choosing my show for your weekly source of boxing news, lifestyle, and analysis. I am your host, Damani Please be safe.